This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. With me to the book of Malachi, Malachi chapter number one. <clears throat> Malachi chapter number one will be our text. We're concluding a three-week series today. <clears throat> Most of our series are a little longer, but this is a little summer series that I wanted to squeeze in right here in the final three weeks of June, and it has been fantastic. <clears throat> there are some series that I personally feel that are just going to be winners. I mean, I'm excited about them. I'm thrilled about them. And then I, I receive absolutely zero compliments over them. <clears throat> and then there are some series that I go into it with just a little hesitancy because I'm not quite sure how it's going to be received. And it's nonstop. We needed that. Well, that was that's what's happening these these three weeks. Is so many people have been so kind to say thank you for preaching on a tough a tough topic. Some topics are easy to preach about because it makes everyone feel so good. And then there are a few topics at hand that God asks a minister to speak from that are so challenging that it gets a little tight in the room. And we're in our third week of a series called A House of Honor. A House of Honor. And it's really focused in two different ways. Number one, the home or the house that you reside in. We are hoping and believing in God that you will reclaim, reestablish honor in your house. Meaning honoring one another and honoring God in your home, honoring your country, honoring your belief system, honoring that. And then the second angle of approach for this month has been the house of God, that this should be a house of honor. And I don't think any of us intended to, but I think over time, unfortunately, there has been a reduction, a reducing of honor at the house of the Lord. And I'm just, I'm just determined to allow Calvary Church as a local church to remain a house that honors God. Can I get an amen? We find all of this, we lift it all, we take it right from Scripture. And it's found in the book of Malachi, chapter number 1, Malachi verse number 6. A son honors his father and a servant honors his master. We know that to be true. But the Lord says this. Well, if a son honors his father and a servant honors his master, if I'm a father, where is the honor due me? If I'm a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty. It is you who show contempt for my name. Contempt means to reduce, to make light of, <clears throat> To make common, you have taken my name and made it as common as anything else. If a son honors his father and if a servant honors his master, wouldn't you think me being your father in heaven and me being the provision of your life, you would think you would honor me, but yet you don't. You have reduced me down to just common and the Lord's asking to reestablish, to reclaim honor. Someone say amen. amen. So this first week, we 
looked at and we established the answer to the question, where is the honor? And I did my best to show you that uh, really what brings about dishonor is familiarity and offense. When you're so familiar with something, you accidentally reduce it down to just something common. And we made the few examples that if we're in our home, unfortunately, people speak to their family members in more of a dishonorable way than they speak to strangers. And it should be the exact opposite. We shouldn't show dishonor to anyone, but we unfortunately show more dishonor to the family that we love because of why we get so familiar with them. Oh, that's just dad. Oh, that's just my kids. That's just grandpa. Whereas if it was anyone else, we would honor them. And then what we do is we slide into that second thing, which is offense. We get offended by someone that we're so familiar with that, that we think, How, why would he need that kind of honor? That's just, that, that offends me that my grandfather would deserve that kind of honor. And that is what happened with Jesus in his hometown. They said, isn't this Jesus? I think his brothers are around here somewhere. I think his sisters are even here. I think he's just like a little carpenter. Why is everybody wanting to live? And they were offended by him. Well, familiarity and, 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 and offense breeds dishonor, ladies and gentlemen. And where Jesus was dishonored, he could not do any miracles. And then last week on Father's Day, in honor of our fathers, I spoke on, okay, well, if we need to reestablish honor, who do we honor? And if you remember, we had a visual for you last week that started with a large foundation of honoring others, and then we moved upward from showing honor to parents, to authority, to age, and we moved all the way up to honoring God all of which deserve honor. Well, today I leave you in this series with the how-to. We've, 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 we've established what we need to do. What we need to do is reclaim honor. We've established who deserves honor. And today I want to show you how it's done. Are you ready? Amen. Everybody say, yeah? yeah. All right. You said you're ready. Let's dive in. These sermon notes are found on your app, Calvary FTW. You can download that at the at your app store quickly if you don't already have it. Open them up. Let's get busy. Let's, we got a lot of work to do. Number one, how do, you, how do you show honor? How do I show honor when I'm 12? How do I show honor when I'm 50? What do I do, Pastor Tommy? I'm already on the Kool-Aid. You've got me convinced. I need to be someone that shows honor. Well, how do I do it? Number one, if there's something in your life that you want to honor, you prioritize it. Prioritize it. Why? Because whatever is first is honored. Whatever is first is honored. If it's third place, fifth place, eighth place, it's not really honored. Bishop Ron called me the other day, which I, I, I was so excited. He invited me to play golf. Now, some of you might say, well, I, don't y'all play golf a lot together? We haven't for several years uh, we have not really played much together. I bet we've gone six or seven straight months without playing golf together. And um, when I first moved to Fort Worth, we just lived together. We shared rent of a golf cart. It was ridiculous. 
But lately, it's just he's going in one direction and me the other. But he called the other day and invited me to play golf. Now, for all the golfers in the room, you'll know what I'm about to say. For all the non-golfers, you know enough about that crazy game that you're going to know what I'm going to say. On the golf course, whoever does the best on the previous hole gets to hit first on the next hole. And you'll hear golfers say stuff like, hey, man, you're up. You have the honors. Hey, why don't you go ahead? You've got the honors. And what we're doing is we're showing respect for what, they were, what they've done on the hole just before. We want to back up and we want to elevate them to be able to go first. I, I never get to hit first, but I get the concept. I understand the concept. Something tells me I'm not getting a phone call anytime soon. Hey, for all the non-golfers, if that doesn't resonate with you, this will. Have you ever been to a family gathering and someone in the kitchen that had been slaving for four or five hours? I mean, they've been cooking till they can't see straight. And all of the other people are out in the living room and they're just relaxed, feet up. And someone in the kitchen says, all right, everybody, dinner's ready. And they get trampled on by all the little flies. The people that just jump up and run. At like the rib has feet, and it's going to run out of the room if they don't tackle it first. Are you following what I'm saying? And most people that run to eat first, they, they're going to be okay if they don't eat at all, if you get what I'm saying. Most of them are not, you know. Wedding receptions, the pastor or the disc jockey, whomever's in charge, the, the MC prays, and they say, okay, ladies and gentlemen, the, the, the dinner is served. And inevitably, somebody turns over a table, grabbing his wife. Come on, honey, hurry. we got to get them carrots with ranch. You're all going to be gone. <laughs> what I'm talking about are people that have absolutely zero concept of honor. They think they've got to be first at the food line. And my Lord, have you ever noticed, they eat their seconds on their first time through. <laughs> they don't even leave anything for anybody. Dishonor. When's the last time you almost got in a fist fight in a parking lot over a parking spot? This morning? Okay. This morning is a great time for this sermon. I saw it happen in the parking lot today. One of them was on staff. And one of them hits first every time we play golf. Why are y'all looking? Y'all don't know who I'm talking about. All right, here we go. Everybody say prioritize it. Whatever you're putting first is what you're honoring. So check it out, everybody. We could go either way on this. There's some things you need to move up to first place, but there's a lot of things in first place that you need to demote. You wonder why things are going backwards and going crazy in your life? Because you're showing honor to things that do not deserve honor. And you're not, well, you're showing contempt. You're not, you're showing dishonor to things that need honor. 
You wonder why your marriage is in trouble? Well, if she's third or fourth priority in your life, there's your answer. You don't need master's degree in theology to get this simple biblical illustration. These two are one. She's not third. You're not first. She's not fourth. You're not first. These two are one. Everybody say priority. Prioritize. How do we do that for God? Turn with me to Proverbs chapter number 3. This is how it works with God. Proverbs chapter number 3. How do we prioritize God? Proverbs 3 and 9. And I'm going to read it in the message. I'm going to read this in the message transliteration to help you. I love these. There's two key words here. I want you to circle them and, and, and write them down if you're taking notes. Honor God with everything you own. Give him, here are the two words, the first and the best. Are you giving God what's first in your life and what's best? Are you giving him your best or does he get the leftovers? If you're going to honor God, you have to make God priority. First in every area of your life. Prioritize. Second thing, if you want to show honor, you have to praise it. You have to praise it. You have to prioritize it and you have to praise it. Whoa, what do you, what do you mean by praising it? With your words. Here's how. Because our words either honor or dishonor. Words are not, hey guys, everybody listen to me. Words are not indifferent. You're either honoring something or someone when you speak or you're dishonoring it. Hey, sweetie, you look cute today. Hey, honey, I don't know if I would wear that. I, that's never been said, trust me, in my house. I'm much smarter than that. Man, I love this job. Oh, I hate this job. Your words are either giving life to something or speaking death over something. Your words are either blessing it or cursing it. This is how the Bible says it. James chapter number 3, verse number 9 with the tongue, we praise our Lord, and with the tongue, we curse men. Here's the problem with that. Men that were made in God's likeness. So in other words, man, we would never curse God, right? We just pour our praise on God. Oh, you are so wonderful and, and good, God. But, but you, Joe, I got to tell you something. Oh, God, how I love you and I adore you. But, Nancy, you got some issues. Oh, God, how I worship you, how I love you. Here's the problem when we curse humanity. They were made in God's image. You remember week number one? Week number one, if you weren't here for part one of this series, go back and listen to it. Here it is in a nutshell, one of the points. You have to see people through God's eyes of grace, not your eyes of judgment. Why? Why do I have to see people that have done me wrong, that have, that have, that have stabbed me in the back, that has betrayed me? Why do I have to see them through God's eyes of grace? Because God chose to see you through his eyes of grace. 
and God sees them through his eyes of grace. Who are you to see them through your eyes of judgment? If you want to be a person of honor, everyone say honor. If you want to be a person of honor, you have to see people, all people, all color, all gender. You have to see people, all age. You got to see the people that you actually like (laughs) and the ones you don't through the eyes of God's grace. Doesn't mean you have to like them. You don't have to go eat ice cream with them. You don't have to go vacation with them. But you can't curse them. You're cursing. You're speaking death over. You're speaking ill over the very thing that God laid his best down for in Jesus Christ. He laid his all down for the very thing that you're speaking death over. That's called living a life of dishonor. So we prioritize what we want to honor and we praise what we're wanting to honor. Let's move on. Here's our third one today. Everyone say protect. So what's my job, Pastor Tommy? When I leave here on this Sunday, last Sunday of the month, what do I need to do? Because I really do. I'm on that Kool-Aid. I want to be a person of honor. I believe what you've been preaching, but how do I do it? Well, you need to start. You need to start. Uh, prioritizing some things, praising some things, and you need to protect because the more you value it, the more you value from it. Let me give you an example. We'll, we'll take staff pastors as a good example, two of which are, are sitting right here together. Pastor Dustin, Pastor Manny. Can y'all give it up for them this morning real quick? Let me give you a good life example here. If I don't protect them, if they don't protect me, if every single parent that has anything wrong and you just want to complain about something with Pastor Manny, if I didn't protect him, I wouldn't value anything from him. Let's go to my marriage. If I don't protect my marriage, I won't value from it. Let's talk about our country. Let's talk about our our patriotism today. If I don't protect my country, I won't value anything from it. What about my bishop, my pastor? If I don't protect him, I won't value anything from it. If I want to honor something, I've got to put it first in my life. I've got to speak words of life over it and praise it and speak well over it. I mean, i got to get that tongue loose and speak words of love and, and words of adoration over it. And i got to protect it. Anybody, I just need to do this real quick. Is there anyone right now sitting in this service at 1158, this very moment, You have no idea where your wallet's at. We found three. And we've been going through them, and we took the cash, but we don't know whose names it is on the credit card. One of the credit card has a marks a lot marker that said, don't try again. Of course you know where your wallet's at. And no, we didn't find three. Of course you know where your wallet's at. Why do you know where your wallet's at? Because it's important to you, isn't it? 
Men are, the, men are crazy. Men are like in a conversation, and just out of nowhere, we just kind of go. <laughs> you ever notice that about us fellas? We're just constantly walking around going. You think he's got a rash? No, he's just looking for his wallet. He's just making sure he's got a wallet. Just every now and then he just got, he just got. And some of you right now, you wanting so bad to lean over and say, do you have yours? Because I know you lost it twice last week. <laughs> of course you know where it's at. You're going to protect it. What about grandmother's, grandmother's silverware or granddad's pocket knife that's been passed down? You know right where you put that. You know right where it's at. Ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you about protecting God. How do I protect God, Pastor Tommy? Are you allowing certain things about your faith to be said in your presence and you not defend it and protect it? Are you allowing your morals and your ethics and your values, are you allowing your belief system to be pressured and, and cornered and challenged and you just lay down in the middle of it? Are you going to work every single day, eating at the same lunch table every single day, putting up with that kind of trash and filth without defending and protecting your faith? You know where your wallet's at. Where's your relationship with God? You know where granddaddy's knife is. Where's your faith? You can afford to lose. You can afford to lose everything but not your faith. Protect it. Why? Because if you're going to be someone of honor, you protect what you honor. You praise what you honor. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, I want you to take your Bibles out quickly. We're about out of time. Take your Bibles and look at 2 Timothy. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. <clears throat> We're going to work from a scripture here, take us on a little different route before I dismiss you. 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verse number 20. And this is from New King James Version. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver. Everyone say the best. There's vessels of gold and silver. But there's also vessels of wood and clay. Everybody say not so good. We got some gold and silver, and we've got some wood and clay. Some for honor, that's the best. And some for dishonor, that's the not so good. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, the latter meaning the, the, the vessels of dishonor, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, sanctified, and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So in other words, this great house has some really awesome Vessels of honor, gold and silver. And this great house has some of dishonor, wood and clay. And the Bible's saying, if, if, if they're going to be fit for the master, then we're going to have to get rid of those, that wood and clay stuff. We're going to have to get rid of that. Because the master is only going to use the very best. It's almost like this. If you were to invite Someone that you truly cared for and respected and appreciated over for some dessert at your house. You know, I'll, I'll see. Maybe I'm available about six tonight. We'll see. Hint, hint. 
That didn't go over too good, D. About, if you invite someone over for some dessert, they walk into your kitchen, and, and Aaron Gant, my, my friend, if, if they were to walk into the kitchen and there would be a, a sink full of dirty dishes, and there was a fresh, awesome, hot apple pie right out of the oven, would you look at them and say, let me get you a piece of this incredible pie, and you pull out that dirty dish with that spaghetti sauce all crusted up, and you were to slice that pie, you would not put that incredible hot apple pie on that dirty, nasty, old, crusted up spaghetti sauce dish. That would be dishonorable. Those dishes in the sink are not fit to be used. The Bible says, the Bible, not Tommy, the Bible says that these items must be sanctified, fit for the use of the master. In other words, they need to be cleaned, they need to be steamed, they need to be wiped off, they need to be set aside, ready to be used as an honorable vessel to serve that hot apple pie to that special friend of yours. <laughs> this happened in my house Last night, my wife done called me out in public, and I honor her today for doing it, because I see her through the eyes of grace, not through the eyes of my judgment. We had some friends over last night from Oklahoma. That was a chore, but we had some friends over at our house from Oklahoma, and after we cast them foul spirits out of them, being from Oklahoma, I wanted some salsa. Come on, you salsa lovers. I wanted some salsa with my chips. So, man, I'm in whose house am I? I'm in my house. My house. Welcome to my, my house. So I go over to my cabinet, and I pull out. My salsa dish is one of the kids, little plastic ones made in China, got a little Dora on it, you know. <laughs> Poor little Dora, man, she's missing an arm, one eye. She's been wore out from the washing machine for years, you know. I've taken a thousand chips to Dora's face in that thing, man. I mean, and I'm pouring my, my salsa into my little Dora dish. In my house. And the North says, uh-uh, we have company. <laughs> company? She hit me with, you can do better than that. Get a better dish. <laughs> did she pull me to the side and do that in private? No. <laughs> she did it with salsa in hand and a bowl. And my friend sitting there looking at it. And I went, well, what's, what's wrong with Dora? <laughs> and she said, you can do better than that. Get a better dish. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, we laugh about it. We laugh about it, right? But God's wanting to tell some of you, you can do better than that. If you're wanting the blessings of God on your life, you can't present God an old dirty Dora dish 
and expect God to give you his best. Can I preach to you for a few minutes? Somebody say, I received the word of the Lord. Hear it now. What God's wanting to do is sanctify you and make you fit for the master's use. This is what the Bible says. Look at this. In the book of Ephesians chapter number 4. I apologize, wrong scripture. First Thessalonians chapter number 5. First Thessalonians chapter number 5. Now may the God of peace make you holy. Everyone say holy. Make you holy in every way. That means your spirit, your soul, your body. Make you holy and may you be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. What God's wanting to do in your life is he's wanting you to become a person of such honor that you're sanctified, that you've been cleaned up, that you've been purified by the love and the power of God fit for use. You cannot be a person of dishonor and expect to have God's hand of blessing on your life. This is where we get the big disconnect. We want to live however we want to live because it's our house. We want to talk however we want to talk. We want to think however we want to think. We want to treat people however we want to treat them. We want to talk to people however we want to talk to them. But yet we all want the blessings of God on our life. And God is saying, you're wood and clay. You're not acting like gold and silver. Wood and clay, I cannot honor and bless wood and clay. I've got to have something of honor, a vessel of honor. I need the best. You wouldn't serve a friend on that dirty dish, much less you're taking yourself with sin in your life, with dishonor in your life, with, with, with these kind of issues, and we're wanting to present it to God and ask him to be a blessing to us. Ladies and gentlemen, God's calling us back to a house of honor fit for the master's use. Time, maybe. I got a few minutes. You don't need out of it. I didn't say this in the first service. I want to say it here. And some of you are going to think I'm off topic, but I'm not. I'm fixing to give you a handful of nuggets. Everybody get a pen out. Open up your iPad and iPhone to your notes. I'm fit to give you a few little quick things. I won't, I won't expound on them. A few quick things. I got to be careful how much of this I share. Uh, I mentioned a little bit of it Wednesday night in Bible study, but the last few weeks I've been called on, I've been asked to help some folks walk through some really difficult times and I'm fixing to give you a few little points here to keep you, to keep you fit for the master's use, as the Bible put it. Where you don't have to have a pastor walk with you through these difficult things. You need to write these down. Number one, don't ever consider yourself above temptation. Well, I've been married 20 years you're a prime candidate for temptation. Well, we're newlyweds. You're a prime candidate for temptation. Don't ever consider yourself above temptation to tell a lie, 
to take something that's not yours, to go places you know better to go, than to get yourself involved in things you know better to get involved in. There's not one person in here starting with the man that has his hands on a pulpit that's above temptation. Number two, keep a close watch on your spiritual temperature. Tommy Brandon, when I'm running cold with God, I fall into a life of dishonor. I dishonor my bishop, I dishonor my wife, my kids, I dishonor this church. Whenever I'm not right with God, I'm not right with anything. And so it is with you. Take a thermometer and check your temperature spiritually. If you're going to remain an, on, an honorable vessel that can be used of God and receive the blessings of God, you got to be right with God. Number three, guard your mind. Everybody take your, 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 your pointer finger and touch your head. Guard your mind. How do I do that? Protect what you see. Protect what you hear. Some of you, some of y'all seeing things you shouldn't ever see. I know I get off on this little tangent every now and then. It gets some of y'all all worked up and mad and y'all text things y'all shouldn't be telling. I delete them. Listen. Y'all need to be watching. Man, you, you need to be careful what you're watching, man. That stuff, once it enters that eye gate, you can't forget it. That image is there for always. That dark stuff. That dark stuff. Man, if it makes you feel a little weird, don't watch that stuff, man. And I know I sound like I'm preaching in 1958, but listen to me. There's stuff right now on these movies and television, video games, man. Y'all ain't getting out till three. I'm about to preach myself till three o'clock. Pastor Tommy, why you got to bring up video games? Because they're all messed up. Whatever happened to Donkey Kong? Somebody bring back Frogger. My Lord, we need some Frogger up in these teenagers' lives. Video games, all bunch of dead people coming at you. Dead people. Centipede, man. We need, need some Galaga. Need some Gallagher back up in here. My boy Brian's here today. We need to go back to Dairy Queen and Deritter. But Dairy Queen can get that Gallagher where you switch out. You got it, you got it, you got it. All right. All right, all right. All right. I'm in. Need some Gallagher, boy. Y'all laugh. Y'all laugh. But a lot of messed up people sitting around here. 4 a.m. in the dark playing them little games. You ain't got to like it. It's true. It's okay that you're wrong. <laughs> Guard your mind. Two more. If you want to stay fit for his use, constantly remind yourself of the damaging consequences of your failure. <laughs> One of my board members was so cute today. He came up to me and he said, you always pick on your wife in them sermons. 
he was so funny. He said, you do know we'd rather have her here than you. <laughs> and I kind of, you know, I did that little, that's <laughs> so funny. I know you're a board member and all, but you're still a punk. He said, you know, we, we'd rather have her than you. But check this out, man. Denora said something, being funny, and she had no idea how rich and beautiful it was. She said, oh, I know. She looked back at me, and she said, Tommy would mess everything up for all of us if he ever left me. Let me, let me help some of you on it. You need to start weighing out some of the consequences of your choices. Because let me tell you something. You start hitting foul balls in some of these critical areas of your mind. You start hitting foul balls in these critical areas of dishonor. It doesn't happen just to you. It trickles down to everybody that you love. Is this all right? Never touch this in the first service. Not really sure why I'm doing it now, but I just feel led to do it. Last but not least. Take whatever measures you have to take. It doesn't matter what it costs you. Take whatever measures you have to take to protect yourself from being dishonorable. Honor wins. Jeff, I didn't call for you. Did Denora tell you to come up? She did, didn't she? I'll take care of that at the house. Because when Pastor goes home, Daddy's going to be there waiting on her. I'm totally joking. I may have went too far. It's perfectly fine that you're up there, Jeff. Thank you. Everybody say honor. Still got your pen out? I want y'all to read this this week. Here's your homework, everybody. You just need to write this down. Write down the book of the Bible called Proverbs. Write that down. Write Proverbs. And then I'm going to give you these chapters I want you to read this week. Chapter 15. Chapter 18. Chapter 22 and chapter 29. I'm fixing to reveal something to you that blew my mind. I'm blown away by it, man. Pastor, you, you've, been, you've been preaching the gospel for over 40 years. Maybe, maybe you already knew this. I never saw the connection until preparing for this series. Every time you study honor in the Bible, it's partnered with another attribute. And that attribute is humility. Honor and humility go hand in hand. Humility and honor go hand in hand. It's beautiful. Listen to these scriptures. And then we'll go home. Proverbs 15, right? The verse is 33. The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom. And humility comes before honor. You'll never receive honor if you're demanding honor. And if you're someone that's always demanding honor, you'll never show honor. 
Why? Because honor is not deserved. Honor is decided. Honor is a decision made. Who wants to honor a proud, puffed up, arrogant individual? This happens in marriages all the time, man, and I don't know why I'm on this so heavy, but let me just stay here for a minute. Pastor Tommy, you need to pray for me. She's not showing me the honor I deserve. <laughs> why do you think you deserve it? What have you done to deserve it? You sound kind of proud right now. Pastor Tommy, pray for my husband. He is just, he's not honoring us. Honor is decision made. I choose to honor others. I choose to honor authority. I choose to honor the aged, the elderly. I choose to honor my family. I choose to honor God. And guess what? When you live a, a, a life of humility, honor will find you. But honor can't catch up with you when you're running a fast-paced, arrogant run. Proverbs 18 and 12. Before his downfall, everybody listen, this is some scary stuff. Before his downfall, a man's heart is proud. In other words, pride cometh before that destruction, comes before the fall. Check your pride thermometer. But humility comes before honor. There it is again. Proverbs 22 and verse 4. Humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth. Wow. If you're looking for an increase in your life, you don't have to strut your way to increase. You have humility. It says humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. And finally, Proverbs 29 and 23. A man's pride brings him low. But a man of a lowly spirit gains honor. Stand with me today. This has been a little different series. It's been a three weeks of a little different kind of preaching, a little different kind of topic. But I'm just determined that right here in South Fort Worth, this local church, that we all go to our homes today and we create an environment of honor. And we speak words of life over family, words of life over our nation. You don't have to agree with everything the president does. But you need to show him honor and you need to show this country honor. And that we create an environment in this house, a house of honor to all color, a house of honor to all ages, young people. This is going to be a church that we honor our elderly. Elderly, this is a church that we honor our young people. And all together, it's a church that we honor God. Bow your heads. Lord Jesus, on this final Sunday of the month, I bless my friends that are here. I bless them to be men and women and students of faith 
to give you what's first and what's best. And it starts with their heart. All over this room, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, the best thing you could ever give God is your heart. If you're here today and you need to give your heart over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you need to repent of sin, and you need to call on the name of the Lord Jesus for your salvation, would you lift your hand up real quickly? I want to pray over you specifically today. I just want to pray for you. I see you right there. God bless you. Sir, I see you in the back there. Is there anyone else? The best thing you could give God is you. Lord Jesus, these that have their hand lifted up, I see you, sir. God bless you. For these that have their hands in the air right now, Pastor Dustin and Pastor Manny, come here quickly. And I want you to get a visual of these hands, and I want you to give them a fresh start to it before they leave. 